Today's episode of Jacques Talk is going to be fantastic. I have my friend and fellow songwriter and co-writer Karen McCormick on to talk about being black, being a black woman in country music, um, and kind of also speaking hope. She has a new EP that is out now, Retro, so make sure you go and get that and enjoy this conversation. Ah, Karen is here. Ah, let me get her. Do, do, do. Hi. Hello, hello. Oh, it's been so long since I've seen your face. I know. It's good I to see you. your smile and hear your voice. Ah, how are you? I'm good. I'm enjoying this semi-nice weather we have here in Washington. As good as it can get for like having the smoke and everything with all the fires, but it's a beautiful day regardless. Yeah, how's your air quality up there? How's has it been? It's improving. Last week was like really, really bad, like couldn't go outside or anything like that. But I can finally see the clouds again, so I feel like we're on the on the mend, hopefully. I know um I'm in the Bay Area in California still and finally the sky is blue and I'm outside. I know. I'm like, oh this is I was able to go for a walk. It was, I was Who so happy. Who thought we'd be so dang grateful to like see a blue sky and have a cloud in the sky again? <laughs> right. I was like, I was like, what? Like, I'm like, I escaped to California and now it's, what? it's on fire. Everything's on fire. And when I was like, when I heard that like Washington and like Oregon, I was like, but they're wet. Like there's like California is a dry environment. Like, they have green, like they have rain. Burning. I was so I was so upset, and I'm still upset because I know that we have just started fire season on the oh, so it's just beginning, and just beginning. in the midst of everything else, just the devastating. What a year! To, Gosh dang! <laughs> what a year! And I and I feel it's been crazy because I've been here for about five months, and everybody's like, "When are you coming back to Nashville?" I'm like, "I don't know. When is everything going to be? I don't know." I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, this is here progress, but also just being open with, I don't know. I don't know the answers because everything has been brought to light and it's just so heavy, but also there's so much movement. Like I feel like I've released a lot of music this year and have more coming and you're releasing music and it's getting great attention. And I'm like, I'm so proud for my friends. Like, I'm just like, yes, like in the midst of not being able to see anybody in person. I'm like, oh, everybody's shining and flourishing and you and John and Mickey and Tara and oh, it's just, it's good. It is, it's interesting. I do feel like once we kind of got over the hurdle of like, what in the world are we doing? Like, what is music gonna look like? I do feel like there was this ginormous wave of empathy among everybody who's a creative, mm -hmm. like both on the creator side and also on like the audience that's receiving that creativity. I do feel like there's a lot of empathy there. Like don't, nobody I think at this point feels like an immense pressure to, you know, follow a certain schedule or like create constantly. And I do feel like that's a blessing. And I feel like hopefully we, that's something we take with us once we surpass this is like, don't feel pressure to like have to be go, go, go all the time. Like it's okay to take a breath and, and do what's right for you. I've, I mean, I can honestly say I have never, I'm, everybody talked to me, is like, you sound happy. I'm like, I'm happy. And I, in the midst of everything, I'm like, I'm enjoying time with my family. 
which yeah. I would never spend this much time with my family, not because I don't love them, but I'd be like, I can't be away from Nashville this long. They're going to forget about me. Like, I'm not, I have to be releasing, I have to be writing. If I'm not there, if I'm not in the rooms or at the bar, like, I'm, I'm not present. And I feel like I'm more present in Nashville yeah. by taking care of me. And it, it because people's shifts, like, we have social media and we're using it and we're writing on Zoom and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. But where I want to go is I also I want to make sure that I talk to you about your EP, but I also want to talk both biracial women that are in I'm, country music. I'm so sorry about the dogs that are in my backyard. Okay. I can hear them. I have neighbors who have dogs. I'm so, so sorry. Oh, it is okay. There's a leaf blower going on over there somewhere. <laughs> okay, good. Can I see okay, good. that I'm recording? Um, <laughs> I'm like, what, how did you feel coming from the West Coast, going to Nashville and being, being black? Because even though we're biracial, we're, we're black, we're just shades. Like, how did you feel with that? I felt like, for me, it was just this, like, automatic understanding, like, it's going to be harder. You know what I mean? And something that I've noticed especially in the more recent months is like I've been in Nashville for two years and the conversation is more so about me being a woman than my race okay. and I feel like that in itself is kind of a problem <laughs> you know like we we are making such strong headway for women in country music and in that space but we're not making nearly as much headspace and and progress for people of color in country music we have a long long way to go with that and so for me I kind of felt like okay I'm a woman check it's gonna be hard I'm a woman of color check it's gonna be really hard so I kind of just went in with this immediate understanding like I already know like making it in music is gonna be hard and I have these kind of things like uh -huh. I think when I first moved there I thought it was something that would work against me and I feel like the past few months have showed me that it doesn't have to be something that works against me. It can be something that really not only helps me, but helps as many other people as possible. And I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. In all the other genres, you see a lot of diversity. I think there's no reason why country music doesn't shouldn't have that same diversity. And I think that if the goal, and I see this a lot in Nashville, is to make country music as broad as possible within, like, outside of the United States, outside of Canada, you know, then the way that we're going to do that is grow our audience. And the way we're going to grow our audience is by having a lot more diversity with artists. Yes, I, I would have to agree. I've, and I've talked to people in country music and I'm like, if we are trying to build our audience only with the people in the South, then sure, keep black people out, do all these things, but don't, you can't do both. You can't grow the audience and then say we are welcoming if you're, what you are saying publicly is going to lose you some fans that are on the outskirts that are more people that believe in the Confederacy or things that can't separate music from politics or, or things like that. And I think because of us being black and women, but the, the black piece is that we're in the South and the, our class in the South is so low historically. But we also created country music. Our slaves, every country is based in the music of slavery. 
it just is. It's the blues. It is all the instruments. So for us to ignore that and then make it very whitewashed, then we're ignoring the roots of, of the music. And I'm glad to see that they're starting to bring it back. But I agree with you. We have a long way to go and a long way to realize that we can grow the audience globally. And we can grow it so far because it, we, if we make it not based on color, if it's not odd that Nikki Guyton is singing for the first time at the ACMs in 2020, if that's something you're like, oh, another woman singing. Ah, if race isn't even in the equation, mm -hmm. if we can get to that place of comfortability where we're not like, oh, there's a black country singer. Oh, right. there's a Latinx country singer. Oh, there's an Asian country singer. Like we don't have any of that. Like it's such this thing you're like, oh, I can name the black country singers that yeah. I know of in Nashville. And I shouldn't be able to. There should be so many that are welcome that I can't that I can't name them all. I can't name every white country singer. I can't. Do you think that in this time, we had, you know, after George Floyd, the music industry collectively did the blackout where we put the boxes on Instagram and some people loved it, some people hated it. Do you think since then, now that everything has been brought to light, the, the effects of being black in America, let alone in music, do you think the country music community is doing enough or um, do you think we're doing enough fast enough, I guess, for growth? That's a great question. That's a tough one to answer because in my opinion, the way that we do better is we create more opportunities for people of color on Music Row because those are the people who are signing publishing deals, signing record deals, who are deciding what's going on the radio, who are deciding who's touring in front of you. Um, it's in the same way that as a country, it's a systemic issue. It's also a systemic issue within the music industry. It starts from the top. It starts mm -hmm. from the bottom. Like you can't have more headlining black acts if you don't sign black acts how are you going to mm -hmm. sign black acts you got to get black people on music row <laughs> you know what i mean yes. so it's it's tough to answer that because i don't know what's going on behind the scenes at music row you know and i think it's also tough because you don't want to be somebody that's signed and is kind of like a token artist you know oh let's sign yeah. you just because you're black you never want that to be the case either you want to be signed because your music is incredible. You want to go on that tour because you're an incredible performer. So it's kind of like a catch 22 where it's like, I don't want somebody to offer me a deal just because of the color of my skin. I want them to believe in me. But how do I know that I can even have the opportunity to have that conversation with somebody, right? As of right now, I, I can't say with confidence that that's something that's even possible because of how we see that on Music Row. Like, just take a look. You can Google the, the record labels yes, that we have in town all the CEOs are going to be white men or women, you know? So that's really tough to say. I think that at least the fact that we're having a conversation about it is progress. And I'm not mm -hmm. going to neglect the progress that has been made. Um, yeah. But do I think that we can be doing more always? Do I think we can be doing more faster? Yes. But that would also require people really seeing the deep-rooted issue with that and sometimes it's hard to put that in front of people's faces when they're still just processing the fact that it's an issue it's kind yeah. of like we don't want to fast forward things for them because they're still processing that it's an issue in itself 
So yeah. first we got to make them understand that. Then we can start to have a conversation of like, now how do we do this a little bit better? Um, and Jada said, plus in the studio and on the road and in the writing room for a start, absolutely. Like yes. we, we see, I mean, at least I see, I, I don't know if you see Stephanie, but I see a lot of, not a lot, but I see several like black musicians on a lot of these big tours. Like I see the musicians, like we need more of that, you know, too. Mm -hmm. Like it's literally everything from the artist that you see that's recording the music <laughs> and performing at award shows straight down to like the session musicians, straight down to like who's in the writing room. Like it's literally everything. And that's why I say for me, it's very systemic um, and we can always be doing better. It's true. Cause, and I know a lot of people that are session players, every session player I know, I think I'm the one black player um, because it is a, a good old boys club and it's, it has, it's people that knew each other or they their dad the player and they built their way up. So it's a very wide world and they just, you have to be able to see outside of that and realize, okay, this is what I'm used to, but how can we change this to make it equal? Is there a black player or an Asian player or something that is just as good as this player? Yeah. Like you don't need to give people favors, but right. they should have the same opportunity to enter the world that you got just because you were white. Like I, that's where my problem is. And, and with Music Row, part of me thinks, and I'm gonna use an analogy like HBCUs, black colleges were created because we were not getting opportunities. We couldn't go to white colleges. So they created the historically black college and university. Part of me thinks that we need a label or a publishing house on Music Row that is based in black culture. Not saying they're only gonna sign black people because a white person can go to an HBCU, but they are looking out for black artists and pushing black artists so that it becomes the norm. And obviously that is like a huge leap. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I'm like, I don't wanna have to go to Atlanta or to LA or to New York right. to have somebody in the meetings that looks like me and has my back and publications that are rooting for me. Because mm -hmm. Nashville is very much a city that is in massive gentrification, like it's shifting so, so fast. So I don't want the history to be lost. So part of me is like, what do we need? While I think we do have some black people getting positions of power, part of me is like, we need them at the head. Like I need somebody to like, be like I'm gonna go to Nashville and I'm gonna start a publishing company that is focused on black voices. Because we have it, everything else is focused on white voices with speckles of, of, of culture. And even you look at, and I don't like to put people on blast, but like Florida Georgia Line, they've made a lot of their hits by using black culture, bringing Nelly in, bringing things in to gain that audience. Like they, so they know the audience is there. You know the people are there and the people want it. Make absolutely i think i ramble so point. no I, I think that's a fantastic <laughs> point and the fact that i think what's even more like overarching about this is the fact that this is something that you're thinking about that there are people who are walking around the streets and, and this will never fathom to them because they can't even fathom that like you you need to go to atlanta or new york or chicago to to get this kind of recognition and i can even like contribute it to my everyday life like things like i have to go to a certain hair salon to get my hair done like i think that a lot of people are kind of like well you know of course black people have the same rights like and it's like no no i what what we're talking about is like there are minor things that you don't even have to think about that like we need to do 
for ourselves to even get like half of a look, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that that in itself is is what we really are trying to make people understand or at least listen to, you know, in itself. Um, and Brittany says, not just bringing in black musicians for your one bluesy or gospel song. Yes. And I really want to like, don't bring that. in the black choir just because yes. you're trying yes. to do something. And the thing is, is like for me specifically, like my lane of country is definitely a fusion and there's a lot of pop influence. And I remember mm -hmm. growing up, like I grew up in a very white community. I have a white father and I remember my white friends kind of being surprised that I sing country music. And I would then after a while start to be like, am I not supposed to sing country? You know, cause you start mm -hmm. to feel like, because they expect you to sing R and B, they expect you to sing gospel. They expect you to sing blues yeah. and you start to kind of get a little bit like self-conscious and be like, is there not a place for me in country? But then once I overpassed that, I was like, there's going to be a place for me in country because there's going to be an audience for it. And I think that that's a really, really important note that Brittany makes. Like that in itself is another thing, like changing the mindset for people and making them think we don't have to just sing one genre just because of the color of our skin. You know what I mean? And that's, it's tough. I, it's really fascinating to me how many people like can't even grasp the fact that like Mickey Guyton sings country or Jimmy Allen sings country. Well, what's crazy is this happened to me the other day. Um, somebody watched Mickey's performance from the ACMs and messaged me. Wow, I would have never known she was black if I wasn't watching her. She sounds like she doesn't sound black. And I was like, yeah. First of all, let's let's. <laughs> I don't I don't know what sounding black means. Exactly. But obviously, you don't realize that that black people can sound different ways. Yeah. Just this way, anybody can sound anyway. What is the, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you mean she thinks? He's like, it's a compliment. It's a compliment. Like she, like, I would never know she was black. And I was like, and, and that, for somebody to be that comfortable discussing that with me, to say that to me, what are they saying outside of that? Yeah. Because they already know how I feel about like race and equity and equality. Like, and they didn't think that was a problem, that comment. And I'm yeah. like, I don't want to have to sound white. I don't want to have to also sound black. Like I don't sound like when I sing. I can't make that happen. I can't sound like Anita Baker. Yeah. I'm sorry. But that doesn't mean I'm less valuable in the black community or that I'm more valuable in the white community. My voice is my voice and my genre is my genre. I grew up loving Julie Andrews. My mom is white. I love her think she's amazing but yeah. I also toured as a soul background singer but I never but I loved country music and it took me so long to, to admit that I'm like I want to do this and I still got backlash from friends like why are you doing country music like you know you could just go to Atlanta or you could, go to, you could just stay in LA and you could do something else and I'm like I want to give country a go I love pop I write pop I do that but I I grew up on the Grand Old Opry I, I want to sing the music that feeds my soul and exactly. to know that they're saying, don't do that because that doesn't fit because you are black. And these are people that love me and are friends of mine. They're like, that doesn't, hmm, I just think you do better in Atlanta. Like do the R&B thing. Like there's a lane for you there. Like that makes me so, it makes me so upset that society thinks this way, I guess. Like, and I know there's a shift but I know that it takes a long time for shifts to turn. Like people are already tired of race talk and it's been like four months. Like people are already like, oh, are we still talking about that? 
Like, is there still, is there still racism in the world? Like, yes, there is. You know? And, uh, and about, like, hair and things, I always say to people when they try to understand just little differences we have, and Mickey brought this up to me, and it's just such a good analogy. Like, if I go to Target or a certain store, I'm not going to find my hair products at every one. Like, maybe if I'm in a black neighborhood, I might find like a small shelf but most of the time I'm gonna have to go to a specialty store to get my product to get the stuff that works for my hair like they don't carry it they don't carry the products we need which means that we're not being thought of and that's it's on a corporate level and I think that goes with music like if we're not having people up at the top that are realizing oh black people listen to country music so maybe we should have a black artist on that lineup for that festival because they're going to buy some tickets and come and they're going to show up. They listen to radio. They do these things. But if you don't have somebody saying that at the top, you get far down. You're like, wait, there's no black people on this lineup. Just like they go, there's no women on this lineup. There's like one woman. Oh, because the whole top was men. And they're truly just not thinking that way because they, people go by their own thought processes. Exactly. You know, exactly. and it's it's unfortunate because it's it's almost like the people who have the opportunity to make a change in that are the ones who don't see that they are the ones who have the opportunity to change something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, earlier this year, um, I believe her name is Rachel, um, a young lady named Rachel made a big statement about like attending festivals and like being the only the only black one in her friend group. Um, and I've been that person many, many times. And like, I have a white father. So like, we would like go to concerts together and things like that. And I remember kind of looking around the arena, or, like looking around the festival and being like, oh, I'm the only one, <laughs> you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it, it is a little uncomfortable. I'm not going to deny that it's definitely uncomfortable. And I think it would certainly be less uncomfortable if the person on stage looked like you, you know, cause then yeah. you would be like, but look, like you, somebody that looks like me can make it in this space, then maybe I can make it in this space and I can then freely enjoy this music and enjoy this environment and- And feel I'm, safe. And feel safe, definitely, definitely. And feel safe, that's, that's the other thing that's super important. Cause I remember going to a studio um, outside of Nashville and there I was, I was green. I didn't live in Nashville yet. And I was like my first like I was demo singing and I was like, okay, I got an opportunity. And I went in and there was a Confederate flag. Like the way they were talking was not very loving towards um, black folks, but they didn't, they didn't even realize the conversation and how inappropriate it was. And I was so nervous to say anything because I didn't want to lose the opportunity. I didn't want to lose the opportunity because I was young and I was like, mm, I want, I want the job, but I was so uncomfortable looking at a Confederate flag there. I'm like, okay. I would never sing at a studio now with a Confederate flag. Like, I just never would do it. And I would never allow that conversation to take place around me. But I'm also older. I also have established my, what I can do when I have a resume. So I feel okay standing up. But for younger artists, or if you're like 16 or 15 and you're coming into Nashville, because there's so many young girls coming in, like, how are you going to feel comfortable in that situation? How can we create a space that says we are country music and we love the South and we do this, but we also stand against hate. We also want like equity and equality. And we also aren't going to allow things that promote 
danger for other people. Like, we're just going to be good humans. Mm -hmm. Like, how can we stand that? I don't think country music should also equal the Confederacy in that. Like, I think we've tied those two together for far too long. Like, because there's so many people I know in country music that are far from hateful and loving people and are open and honest and, and want to do better. But I also think there's a lot of people that are very silent on Black Lives Matter and women's issues and things that are not political. They are human issues. And I'm, and I'm waiting for certain, like for people, certain artists to stand up and use their platform for good and not because they're country artists and be like, you know what, I'm still an artist and I have a platform. Like I think, yeah. and I know there's a lot of labels and things that, that tie in, like some people are held to be silent, but we need to change that. Like if you have this space, realize like country music is not for racists. Country music is for everyone. Like that's all. <laughs> that's, well, that's exactly what it is. I, I do see a lot of people commenting like on artist pages and they say, you know, like, oh, like just stick to singing, like don't bring politics into it. And first and foremost, my response to that is every single artist and songwriter that you love is a human being first. Mm -hmm. And they have just as much of a, a right to speak how they feel either way as, as mm -hmm. you do, you know, as an everyday person. So I think to try to silence their voice when they are ones who have platforms, I think is, is not right. So that's my first stance on that. And the second thing is we love music and we love art because it allows us to have conversations like this. Take a look at the chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks. You know, they're notorious for yeah. using their art and using their platform to build conversations around things like this. And it would be very unfortunate if we asked the entertainers and creators in our lives to stop doing that because that wouldn't be true to them. Yeah. So I think it's important that we allow every single artist that we loved to use their platform and not try to silence them or make them feel as if they were to speak up on how they feel about something that their jeopardy would be, you know, at a, at a the career would be at jeopardy, excuse me. Yes. Um, and, and that's just unfortunate because I do see that in country music quite a bit. Like the chicks being the perfect example. If they say something, then they're shut out for, for a decade, yeah. you know, things like that. That's, I don't think that that's something that we need to do moving forward, especially because social media looks so much different than it did 10 years ago. Every single person basically now has a platform, whether you are in the spotlight or not. And I think that we all have the opportunity. That's the word that I would use over responsibility. We all have the opportunity to use that for good. And that's yeah. something that I hope to do. I know you're doing it. And I think that a lot of people in country music are doing it. And I think we can always do better. But I'm optimistic that it's going to go in the right direction that it's supposed to. And I think that it starts with people like me and you having these conversations, not only with each other, but with the white people in our lives, you know, mm -hmm. who, who do experience quite a bit of privilege and just helping them recognize, like, it's not, it's not like, oh, you have privilege. So like, oh, shame on you. I hope that nobody ever feels that way. It's never like yeah. that. It's you have privilege. You were born with privilege. Let's see what we can do so that moving forward, you A, use your privilege for good, and so that generations to come aren't divided by someone has privilege and someone doesn't. Yeah. It's just, it just takes a lot of conversation, and sometimes it's uncomfortable conversation, but I've noticed that, you know, you could have a disagreement with somebody like on Twitter or Facebook and then talk to that same person in person, and you're going to have a completely different outcome. I guarantee it. Just yeah. 
when you hear somebody speak through what they've been through in person and you really take a moment to listen rather than like arguing with them on a Facebook platform, you, the outcome will be different a hundred percent. And I think that it starts with love and it starts with respect. If we can have a level of respect for one another, like I don't need people. I always say I, I am fine with anybody with any opinion as long as you are not racist. And even yeah. if you're racist, I might even listen to you to understand why you are and try for a moment. I won't try that hard, but I will, I will try. Cause I think some people have racist rhetoric and they don't even realize it's racist. I think some people have such biases and have lived in a bubble so long, they just don't know. And I can't blame somebody for what they do not know. But once you learn, then I can hold you accountable for what you've learned. But I do, I, I like what you said about privilege because I don't think having privilege is wrong. I think that is the way our society in America and the world has been set up. We have been set up, the roots are of that, but we can change it yeah. and we can slowly change it and acknowledging it doesn't make you dirty or, or bad. It, it just actually makes you powerful. It makes you powerful and, and in some ways more powerful than you or I. Like what like my cousin can do and how she can help me and stand up for me in the America that we have now benefits me more than what I say because she's white. And it's okay. And she uses that as, like I always say, like, she's my co-conspirator. Like she's, like I know they got my back. So I'm okay walking into a room or doing stuff because the people around me that are white, I know that they're going to say something in that room if something goes bad. And that's all I ask for, is you to know that us walking into the same room is going to have a different reaction. Us walking into a bank is going to have a different reaction. Just be aware of it and be aware that that happens. Be aware of I'm pulled over by a cop. It's probably going to go a little different than yours. That doesn't mean something horrific is going to happen to me, but it's going to go different. That's just society. That's a perfect way to say it. And, you know, like, being biracial like I acknowledge my my privilege as well so like that's the other thing is I I want people to recognize like just because you know we use the word privilege privilege is not a bad word I know some people I think kind of like jump at the word privilege it's not I have it you have have it it. colorism is a real thing like we have it do I think that I have been presented certain opportunities in my life because I have a white parent? Absolutely, I do. And that's not a bad thing, but it just means like exactly what you're saying. It means I have a responsibility to then be an ally to those who don't have that same privilege. But it, it does mean like there are still certain things, like you said, like be, being pulled over by a cop being one of them. Like there are things that are we're, we're going to experience differently. Um, or even if we experience it the same, we will feel internally differently about or mm-hmm. be a little bit more sensitive to. Um, but privilege is not a bad word. <laughs> oh, it's not. <laughs> it's, not it's not. But I think it's like just adva- thing- It's just you have an advantage. Yeah. I have an advantage growing up in the suburbs and not growing up in the projects. Like I have better education. Like there are things that just were an advantage, just based on class. Like, yeah. and I think when people realize that you can have privilege outside of the race, like, yeah. and men have privilege because they're men in society. Like that's just a fact. Like. If we take it and realize, okay, I have an advantage. How can I use this advantage for good? How can I use this advantage to help somebody that does not have this advantage? Because when you realize you have an advantage, then you also realize that somebody else does not have that advantage. And that's when we get empathy. 
And yeah. empathy is how we heal. Empathy is how we fix all of these problems because we have such a lack of empathy in our society. And I think we have a lack of empathy in music, in country music especially. I think it's just been a male-dominated, white male-dominated world for so long that it, it's, you're breaking, you're putting cracks in something that people are like, wait, you're breaking it down. You're like, actually, no, we're just gonna build something better. We're gonna like take that wall out and make it an open concept, you know? And I say, I'm like, let's just open concept this. Let's not all be in different rooms. Let's all be a community that loves one another and like supports one another. I'm always down for an open concept. <laughs> Make everything architecture. Like, one of the things that I have started to be really intentional about is making sure like even as an independent artist, the opportunities that I have to be more inclusive in projects that I do, mm -hmm. that's something that I'm striving for. You know, I recently filmed a music video. I had a female videographer my co-star was a black gentleman and my makeup artist is Latina, you know, like things like that, you'd start to build up mm -hmm. not only a sense of, okay, let's all be inclusive, like for projects I do, but then you create something for them as well. You're because they will then see like, I can get work in town and like, I yeah. can do projects like this. It's not going to shut, they're not going to shut me out. You know, like, I think that's the other thing that people need to realize is like, that's another upside of privilege is like you see things through a certain lens where you're like hey i know like this person may not have the same opportunity so what can i do then to create allyship and lift them up mm -hmm. um but you're right empathy empathy is the solution just caring about one another it, it's easier said than done it seems these days but it exists in all of us and we're gonna get there yeah. We're gonna get there. I'm. I want to make sure we touch on your new your new music because I think that not only do I I love your voice and the way you write. We've had the privilege of writing together, but I I just think there needs to be more artists that have your energy in like mainstream. Like I just think you are a good human. Like, and I like supporting good humans. And you're also biracial, and I'm always like, yay, yay. There's so few of us. There's so few of us. So I'm always like, yes. But um, when does it when does it come out? What like and what are you most excited about this? It comes out next Friday, September 25th. Woo! Um, which I'm super super excited about. It's been about like two almost two years of writing and recording. So I think what I'm most excited about is. A, having it out there. You know how it feels when you've been working on a project and you're like, finally, you know, it's almost like the buildup is more exciting than like the actual release sometimes. Cause you're like, yes, I've been working towards this, but I'm excited for people to hear my songwriting. You know, half of the EP is co-writes that I did since moving to Nashville and the other half is solo writes that I wrote before I moved to Nashville. And I'm excited to kind of have that combination cause I can see in myself how I've grown as a writer. Um, so I'm excited for people to hear that. And I'm excited to share these stories. First and foremost, I definitely think I'm a songwriter. And so these stories are based off of things that happened in my life. And so it's kind of nice to have like an open book, a journal basically out there for everybody to hear. And in the times that we're in, it is nice to like, for me at least as a biracial woman in country to be like, I have an EP, it feels so dang good, you know, to see. And I'm, I'm excited that, you know, you it's... never know who's watching and there may be a young guy or girl out there that looks like me that's just as excited, you know, for me. So I'm excited about that. Um, but it, it's just, it feels good. Like when you say you want to do something and you follow through with it and you've put like your blood, sweat and tears into it, 
it's just such a wonderful, wonderful feeling. I am, I, I will say, I am so proud of you and I've seen your growth and not saying that I'm like so up here, but I am, and I know how I felt. I just released my my live EP a couple of weeks ago and it felt good just to say I did it and I did it on my terms. And that was all the things I wanted and I'm happy you're releasing something on your terms in your writing and you are a songwriter, you are a storyteller and I just can't wait for Nashville and beyond Nashville to, to see the potential that you have. Because I, I, I think you're like here and I think you're going to be so big. Like I just, that's my, that's my true belief. Because I, because there's very few people I think that are magical. I always say that. I think you are magical. I think John Tucker's magical. Like they're like, there's like some magical moments that I'm like, I just am very lucky to have crossed paths with. And I think you're one of them. And I hope that as this year goes on and as this, as we get closer to like the election and we see how things are going, that you will grace me with a, another conversation so that we can dive further into race. Cause I, the reason I do these is because I think conversation works so much better than typing it out and like just saying my opinion. I think when you can humanize people and humanize stories, um, which I think songwriting is as well, it it creates a space where we can elevate and grow and be a better people. So I'm thankful that you're joining me and, and I hope you will again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the kind words. And I think what you're doing is fantastic. And I think you're right, conversation leads to empathy and empathy leads to change and we're gonna get there and holly says there are now more black artists black country artists and i agree we we've been here holly but we're yeah. just coming we're coming out we're, we're coming out effort. you know like we are we are here and um you know i i do think like a change is coming it's long overdue but a change is coming and i'm so excited not only like to put out this project, but to see what else is gonna happen in this community, because I definitely believe that something amazing is right around the corner. Mickey performing on the ACMs is a perfect example of that. Long overdue, but I'm so incredibly happy for her because I know that there are young black men and women who were watching and that changed, that changed for them. I remember yeah. when I watched Taylor Swift several years ago when she first came out and that changed something for me. I was like, there's a young female, you know, who's doing something like that. Yeah. So representation is important. I'm going to keep fighting for it. I'm going to keep doing what I can and you're going to keep doing what you do so well. You are magic, my friends. Thank I, you. I love you so much. I love you too. And I, I hope you have a, a fantastic rest of your Saturday and, and time on the West Coast. I can't wait to see you back in Nashville when I eventually go back. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> When both of us eventually go back. Really go back. I'm just like, I'm like, I like my little bubble. I'm not going to lie. I'm a Cali girl at heart. My family's from the South, and I'm, I'm a Cali girl. I have no shade. West Coast is the best Bay. coast. I'll say it for you. Yeah. <laughs> snap, snap. So <laughs> I will save this onto my page, and if anybody came in late, and I'll put some, like, links in I. And follow, follow, Con, and follow you. I just want people to like download. Is the pre-link up on your page, on your link? Yes. So you can pre-order on my page. That's the link that I have right now. Just hit that link tree and it comes out September 25th and it'll be available everywhere you get music. Yeah. Go 
pre-save it. Do it. Just so you know, on a side note, that matters a lot to like the algorithm and streaming and playlists and stuff. So in this time of uncertainty, that is something that is so important. So ah, I love you. And um, I was so buzzed to see your face this morning. Ah, oh, right back at you. <laughs> Bye. Talk Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you, thank you, Karen, for being here and sharing this conversation with me. As always, feel free to follow both of us on social media. Mine is Stephanie Jacques Music. That is my Instagram handle. And also feel free to rate this podcast and share it with your friends. We are here to elevate the conversation and to have the conversations that are uncomfortable. So have an awesome, awesome day.